Hello, everyone. I'm Jackie Franchuli from Wahoo 24-7 on the Good Old Podcast, and this is... My name is Jacob Rudner from Swamp 247 and the Swamp 247 Podcast. And we're here today, as you can see, because we've got a pretty big matchup coming on, Jacob. Uh, Florida and Virginia are facing off in the College World Series, so we decided to kind of join our podcast together so we get to preview that first came of the College World Series. So, Jacob, thanks for agreeing to do this this week. Absolutely. I'm uh, I'm excited for the matchup. Get down to Omaha and uh, see some good baseball. Yeah, these uh, both clubs are pretty familiar for each other, Jacob. Uh, the last time these two faced off against each other, the Cavaliers fans were very excited at the end of it since they won the national championships in 2015. So... These clubs are also really well known around baseball as being quite the clubs. Brian, Brian O'Connor said that players come to Virginia to go to Omaha. And obviously, Sully knows that players go to Florida to go to Omaha. So this is going to be quite the intriguing matchup, isn't it? Yeah, no, I think absolutely. And, and, and these are two teams, in my opinion, that have as good a shot as any to win the national championship again this year. I think Virginia has proven uh, that it's one of the more well-rounded ball clubs in the country between its ability to create offense uh, it's strong pitching both in the bullpen and rotation. Uh, and the same could be said for Florida, especially lately. Florida looked really good uh, last weekend against South Carolina and even the weekend before that uh, in the regional round. Hitting has been a, a strength for the Gators all season this year, especially with Jack Caglione. Uh, and it's uh, starting pitching and bullpen have really come along lately as well. So I, I think that this should be a, a high octane matchup between two teams with a good shot. Yeah, and Virginia's kind of the same story. Uh they have a very strong pitching staff, as we saw this during the Super Regional and during the Charlottesville Regional. Uh, the pitching staff did do very well. Obviously, we saw what Brian Edgington did against Duke in that final game, striking out 11, only allowing two runs from that two-run homer in the sixth inning. Um, and then, obviously, Connolly Early was another guy that did a great job in that second game of the series against Duke. So they've got some depth at that pitching staff for Virginia. And this has been quite a remarkable and historical year for Virginia when it comes for their offense, obviously, if you follow Virginia, you know the name of Jake Geloff, who's broken several school records for the Cavaliers. He is now the king of home runs um, at Virginia after this weekend, and he also has the school record for RBI. So he's done a great job. You have Kyle Teal, another name that has done great. He's also going up the up the ranks in the school records. You have you know Griffo Farrow, who has had 27 leadoff hits for the Cavaliers. You can go down the list for UVA. You've got you got O'Donnell. You've got Anderson. A lot of these guys are known to get a base hit, and they have the potential to explode at any given time. We saw that against Duke. This series in particular, if you look back, it was Duke was a team that UVA struggled during the year. They lost the series to them earlier on in the year. What they did this year, because if you watch Duke Blue Devils, you know that they usually come back in the second half of the game. So the last two games, what Virginia did was counterpunch. When Duke came back, the second half of the inning, UVA answered right away, and that pretty much ended on momentum. And Jacob, you know in college baseball, in the playoffs, postseason, momentum is everything. No, there's no doubt about that. And I think Florida did a good job of generating a, a lot of it last weekend against South Carolina. Uh, I know I drew the ire of uh, quite a few South Carolina fans to my remarks, but the reality is... Florida really did look dominant in that series despite the close scores of the games. It was a 5-4 win on Friday to secure a game one victory, which was huge. 
allows Florida to not have to play, you know, eventually in that in that decisive game three, uh, which Kevin O'Sullivan said was significant for his team. Uh, but but this is a group that really did a great job against a high octane lineup. Florida allowed, I think it was only two hits after the first inning of Friday's game against South Carolina. Brandon Sprote did a good job uh, of shutting down the Gamecocks, and the bullpen did a good job as well, uh, following him up and continuing to shut things down. And then we saw Hurston Waldrip on Saturday throw one of the best innings of this, uh, best games of the season. Excuse me, uh, eight innings of shutout baseball, three hits allowed, thirteen strikeouts which was the second highest strikeout total of the season. And so uh, you talk about momentum. I think Florida has a whole bunch of it. Uh, is Florida hitting at the rate that it was throughout the entire season? Uh, not so much. Only nine runs in the Super Regional round. Also some slow offensive performances dating back to the Regional. Uh, but, but again, this is a team that has multiple ways to win. We've now seen those. Its bullpen has been reliable. Uh, Brand Neely is an all-SEC closer who has been locked down in the eighth and ninth innings for the Gators in save situations. Uh, and the starting pitching has really come along. And so I think that this is kind of a group right now that maybe doesn't have the same momentum it once had offensively, but it has its pitching going for it in a way that should allow it to win games that are more moderate scoring than it was during the regular season with higher scoring victories. Yeah, and it seems like Virginia is kind of picking a momentum towards the end of the season here, especially offensively when you look at what they've done, both the Charlottesville Regional and the Super Regional. I know that Jay Geloff, didn't have quite the Charlottesville regional that he would wish at the plate, but he certainly made up for it um, during the last two games against Duke. I know he uh, didn't like the fact that he got robbed with a uh, walk-off home run against Friday. It was inches away. Uh, that Duke player made an incredible catch to deny Virginia the win in game one. But I, when you look at it, I think Virginia has more has some of that momentum. I kind of agree with you that Florida doesn't have quite the uh, momentum going into this offensively. Um, but again, I think it's going to be all about that pitching staff. Virginia did a good job in the transfer portal and brought in some good key players, which we're seeing right now. We're seeing those guys, Brian Edgerton from Elon Connolly early um, from West Point Army. Those guys have been performing well for the Cavaliers. And those, those guys got significant time. I mean, Edgington played for the whole game. He threw a complete game on Sunday. So that bullpen will be rested up before that Florida game. But when you look at this side of the bracket, it seems pretty pretty favorable. If you're Florida and Virginia and you get past one another, it seems a pretty favorable bracket. No doubt. I mean, it, you certainly would rather be on the side of the bracket that doesn't include national number one seed Wake Forest and national number five LSU. Two teams that I think, again, have as good a shot as any to reach that final uh, and, and to even win the whole thing. And, and, and so really, I, in my opinion right now, as we examine Florida and Virginia's side of the bracket, Florida, Virginia, Texas Christian, and uh, Oral Roberts. I would say that Florida and Virginia should be the two favorites to advance. They're the only two national seeds that have reached this round on, on this side of the bracket. Uh, and, and I really would anticipate that the most high-octane game early on is going to be this opening round matchup. And it goes such a long way in determining who's going to be able to be most successful. Because, of course, you don't want to enter that loser side of the bracket right away. Uh, and this is going to be a matchup where really anybody could win it, like you said, because of the momentum that both teams have. Yeah, it's, it certainly is going to be, uh, I think it's going to set the tone for either one of those teams that first game. So Jacob, thank you so much for kind of breaking it down. I know you have a lot of recruiting to catch up on before you head over to Omaha. The Florida Gators are also pretty active at football recruiting. And so, and I will be breaking down everything with the Virginia Cavaliers recruitment since they themselves had a very big weekend hosting several key in-state targets. And 
I don't know. Maybe I'll be putting a crystal ball in later in today for Virginia Cavaliers, Jacob. So uh, it's a lot of things going on at the exact same time. It's a June is never ending and we'll sleep in July, right? <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for Jacob for agreeing to kind of join the two shows there for the first half of the show. But just like I told him, we're going to have a jam-packed second half of the show as we look into Virginia football recruiting. Obviously, UVA has had two busy weekends. Just like two weeks ago, they hosted another group of visitors last week's visitor list. I mean, it was quite successful. They picked up a number of new commitments, just like John Rogers said and expected the class to grow and nearly double in size. But are there more? We'll talk about it after the break. Hello, welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Frenchley for Wahoos 24-7. The first half of this show was dedicated to the UVA baseball team and their remarkable journey to Omaha after they punched their ticket against Duke last weekend. And now we're focusing on UVA football because they had another big official visitor weekend. And we are rolling out a number of reactions on Wahoos 24-7, as you can imagine. A lot of content is coming onto the site as we talk to each official visitor, just like we did last weekend. And... A lot of them are sending in quite positive reviews of what they saw. So last week, UVA did quite a good job of closing on a number of guys. Um, in, in addition to Grant Ellinger, who we talked about in last week's show, they also closed on wide receiver Christian Zachary. They also closed on defensive end Chase Morrison. They also closed on quarterback Jalen Lackey. All good prospects. Now we're awaiting word on Kishon Adams, who is going to set to announce on June 24th in a family barbecue setting. Virginia is his only official visit over the summer. He has not scheduled any more official visits, and he has two crystal ball picks in on 24-7. So to say that we feel confident there is probably putting it under understatement there. But again, we feel good on where Adams and UVA stand. We still feel pretty good. On some of the other official visitors, we are still um, finding out how Miles O'Neill's visit to Texas A&M went. We'll have more of that reaction on Wahoo's 24-7 as soon as we get it. Raphael Dunn, if you are not aware, is off the board after he committed to Wisconsin on his official visit. We're also monitoring two other official visitors from that weekend. Justin Terrell took a visit to Cincinnati. He's slated to visit UNC at NC State. And if you're a subscriber, I've been saying that this is going to be a long haul recruitment that even if he does end up committed to any program in the summer, I think there's going to be other programs waiting in the fall to, to recruit him. So it is one to watch. Another one to watch is wide receiver, David Washington. He's taking other visits right now. He took a visit to Kentucky and he's slated to visit Wisconsin this upcoming week. So again, is one to watch to see how much those two visits sways them one way or another, but Virginia did do enough there. Wide receiver Cameron Montero is set to announce on Wednesday of this week between Virginia, Pitt, and Kentucky. He did not take an official visit to Kentucky. He just came off an official visit to Pitt. Um, he also visited UVA that first weekend. Well, I'm feeling kind of Pitt as I'm recording this on Monday afternoon. I'll dig a little bit more, and I'll have more inside scoop on Wahoo's 24-7. But as of right now, I don't see UVA being the pick. But again, I'll, t I'll be checking his sources in the next 24 hours before his decision on Wednesday. So let's move forward to this past week where we had a number of guys. Now we didn't have Kyle Tuner, an official visitor that was expected. He ended up committing to West Virginia on Friday and announcing on Saturday. So he um, did not come to Virginia, but they did host a number of in-state prospects. That's to know quarterback Christian Martin, 
Um, you also have um, defensive lineman Eric Mensa, a four star, a composite four star and 24 7 defensive end Jared Johnson. Um, you also had UVA commit Ethan Minter from Thomas Dale. You had a number of out of state guys for you to know defensive lineman Jamil Allen. You had wide receiver Tristan Ward, um, defensive ends Cole McConathy, and defensive end Jewett Hayes. A lot of these guys visited this week. And if you're a 24 7 subscriber, I said that Virginia was in a better place when it came to Allen and Ward and Johnson. But at the same time, I didn't feel like this was a group that would pull the trigger immediately after a visit. I felt like this group, if you look at these players and where they were in the process, obviously taking out Ethan Minter since he's committed, a lot of these guys seemed like they were going to go through the process. They didn't seem like type of guys to commit right after a visit. Um, I felt like Virginia did well. Again, they were very popular with the operations centers. Going to the construction site was also a very popular thing among this visitor group. Um, I still think a lot of these guys are going to take the next visit. So it is really about how those visits go to where Virginia is. I think Virginia did enough for these guys. I know all these guys seem to be um, enjoying it. I still like where they are with Jared Johnson. Um, I have yet to speak to Christian Martin. So we'll see after I talk to him. But speaking to, you know, um, you know, Jared Johnson and getting a good feel with, you know, him talking to Brian Doan this week and just talking to Brian, talking to people that I know, I feel better about Jaron Johnson. Um, I feel good about Jamil Allen. I think that Duke visit will obviously determine it. I think Virginia did enough right now to put them in a very good position, but obviously Duke has that opportunity too in that final weekend um, of official visits. So, so it's been a busy couple days on Wahoo's 24 seven. Like I joked to Jacob, it's a busy June and we'll just sleep in July to get a good taste of what these recruits are saying. Here's a little snippet of my conversation with both Tyler Simmons and Cole McConathy after their visits. I had a great visit. Virginia was a great place. They have a new facility being built, so that's going to be amazing. Great people there. I love the town of Charlottesville, so I had a great visit at UVA, better than what I expected. Everything just seems so real from all my conversations with the staff and the coaches academic meeting, everything Virginia had to offer just seems so real. And that's something I'm looking for in a college. Awesome. Just really couldn't have gone any better. Really enjoyed it. What was it that made it stand out to you? Um, just, I, I mean, not knowing much about it going into it, not knowing what to expect and uh, just being blown away of Coach Elliott and the whole staff and, Everybody seems, seems really close, tight-knit staff here, really. Again, we'll have full coverage of this recruiting weekend. We'll also have more coverage of the next few camps that UVA will have about which prospects you're looking at. Because, again, as some of these guys make their decisions, the board will adjust, like with Rafael Dunn, with Rafael Dunn committing to Wisconsin. They're going to move to the next linebacker on their board. And they had a linebacker on camp. At, on one of their camps this past week that they're evaluating that's in their bullpen. So they might evoke an offer there. So again, everything is moving. Everything is kind of fluid here. You got the first year players enrolling at the end of the week. So a lot of content is coming on Wahoo's 24 seven. And this is a great opportunity to sign up. If you're not a subscriber running a 60% off VIP annual sale, um, it runs until June 15th. And it's basically $70 off of your annual. It's a pretty good deal. You only pay $3.58 a month. 
um, for a total of about $40 instead of over $119 for a year. So great deal. A lot of content coming. Um, as far as commitments, again, I think a lot of these guys are going through the process. You know, Tyler told me that he's taking unofficial visits as well as official visits. He'll be at Stanford in two weeks. He visited Northwestern. He'll visit Miami and unofficially. He'll visit NC State unofficially. So these guys are taking their time. As far as crystal ball picks, I'll probably put in one crystal ball pick here in the next week. Again, if you like what we're hearing on this podcast, we'll continue to do these shows every week. Why don't you go ahead and like this channel on YouTube, like this video, but also subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a review and rate us on Apple and Spotify. So again, thank you guys so much for joining us today and listening to Jacob and I break up, break down UVA versus Florida baseball, but also talk some Virginia recruiting. So I hope you guys have a good rest to your week.